In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lord certainly taught moral lessons, obey the commandments. He probably did so more than just once or twice. Imagine our Lord going to many cities and many towns and villages, probably repeating um, frequently the same lesson in the same way that he repeated miracles and healings in these towns and villages. Significant is that the gospel writers recount for us the many stories that he told, teaching lessons by parable. As the great teacher, he, he knows what we can remember, what can inspire us. In fact, more compelling than a story is an actual person we know, which is why the incarnation happened in the first place, so that we can see the face of God, know his name, and be his friend. Yesterday, the church beatified Father Solanus Casey, he was a Capuchin Franciscan, born in 1870, I believe, the sixth son of 16 children. Irish immigrants were his parents. He grew up in Wisconsin on a farm. Eventually, he worked on his own as a, as a lumberjack, as a, as a hospital orderly. He proposed marriage at one point in his young life. After witnessing a, a brutal murder, he was working on a streetcar in Columbia, I believe, Wisconsin. His life took a turn. The family was already very, very devout, faithful in prayer. But he began to think about the purpose of his life and began to think of the priesthood. And so he applied to the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and was accepted. He still had to finish high school, so he entered high school and seminary. All the classes were taught in German and Latin. He spoke neither language. He persevered to the best of his ability, but eventually he had to withdraw from the seminary for academic reasons. It didn't crush his vocation. It tested him and eventually was led to move to Detroit, where he arrived on Christmas Eve and entered the Capuchin Franciscans. When they received him and gave him his religious name with his new religious habit, having recorded his birthday incorrectly, they assigned him a saint associated with that day of the year, St. Francis Solanus. He didn't even correct them. It wasn't until his family came much later to celebrate his birthday on a day that the Capuchins hadn't known to be his birthday that they realized the mistake and realized uh, the young friar's humility. He was faithful in prayer, eager in penance, and still struggling with his studies. So his grades were so low 
upon completion of seminary that he was ordained, but he was ordained what is called a priest simplex, a simple priest. So he was permitted to offer mass. He was not permitted to hear confessions. He was not permitted to preach because uh, their concern about his academic performance. So he was given upon ordination jobs that usually would have been given to seminarians. He was made the porter. He was working as the sacristan. As the, the porter, it means he was really, the, in a sense, the receptionist, the one who uh, would receive visitors or people requesting help or people requesting prayers, and he would help them uh, either contact the, uh, the priest who would help them or would record their, uh, their prayer request. And it was really in that capacity that he gained notoriety. Not just because of his compassionate demeanor and his love for the sick and the poor especially, and his diligence and his prayers for them, but also in the results. He founded what some of us recall uh, the Seraphic Mass Association. Maybe you've seen the mass card from them or received one. He encouraged people um, not just to pray, but also to, to have recourse to the intercessory power of mass being offered for their intentions. And so not only did he record the mass request, but he also would leave space underneath the request so as to be able to record later on uh, the result of the intercession requested. If you know of St. Andre Bessette of Montreal, um, a brother who worked as a porter, who received the sick and the poor and the needy and offered them love first and foremost, promised his prayers and, and sent them to even more powerful intercession with great zeal and great humility. You know... Um, more about Father Solanus Casey. In fact, the two met at one point. One, an English speaker from Wisconsin, the other, um, a French speaker. They couldn't actually converse very well with each other, but they were able to bless each other in Latin. Father Solanus suffered for most of his life with terrible skin diseases, eventually died of them never telling anybody about his excruciating pain. As a young boy, he contracted diphtheria, which left him with a very uh, very raspy, high-pitched voice. As a lover of music and as a violinist, it uh, would have been that much more humbling that his singing voice was ruined by his diphtheria. In fact, he... Uh, suffered a good bit of ribbing in the seminary and as a priest for his inability to sing as a result uh, of the disease he had as a young boy. Eventually, he died in his 80s, very humble priest, having served in New York City and Detroit. And in beatifying him yesterday, the church not only acknowledges his, his virtue, 
and not only holds up his life as an example, but encourages us to seek him out for intercession, to ask for his prayers, to become friends of him. Because of its demonstrable benefit. Remember at All Saints Day, perhaps you were led to meditate on how the saints we honor, first and foremost, and ultimately give us reason to glorify God, that he made them holy. And he made them holy in different ways. And on top of all of those souls sanctified and enjoying the beatific vision in heaven, we do single out those who are beatified, those who are canonized for special reason. Their lives are that much more exemplary. Their intercessory prayer is that much more powerful. Relate that back to the parable that you heard when our Lord is teaching. There's the one with five talents and two and then one. And note even the detail that St. Matthew offers that each was given according to their ability. As Americans hearing this story, we are probably inclined to think that the, the two who are rewarded are being rewarded disproportionately because they both doubled their money. They both returned to their master twice what they were given. And then the one with 10 ends up with 11 at the end of the story. Not too long ago, we were reminded of the vineyard owner who pays each very, very, very different hourly rates, but at the same time, something that we can be described as the same reward. Here, too, the one with five is doubled, the one with two is doubled. They're both described as receiving the same reward. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come share your master's joy. But it doesn't mean that the end result is entirely identical. It's not. We have to think less in earthly ways and more like God. God creates us differently with different abilities. We have, we have, an, we have a, we share a dignity in common with each other, but we're not identical. That should give us comfort. It means what the tasks that God gives us are, are suited to our abilities. They're also suited to our deficiencies. God will always give us something that's more difficult than we can handle on our own, but something not so difficult that it won't break us with God's help. Moreover, the end result won't be the same reward. In one sense, everyone in heaven can be described as being given the same the same reward to be with God in heaven forever. But heaven is different for the saints and the angels in their different ranks. Even that's going to go against our grain in so many ways. But why does it matter? Why is it actually important for us to understand it? It helps us be, be free and liberated from comparing our our 
starting point and our end point with others. It, it ends the, the need to, to compete and to compare. If all of us give 100% to God, the results will be different. And so we're not in competition with each other. Because ultimately, we're not trying to gain for ourselves spiritual things. We're simply at God's disposal. We're here to to serve him and to give him glory. So he gives us what he wants to give us. And, and, and the results are, are his to harvest. In a real way, you've heard me tell the story before, perhaps. This came across seven years ago. I'm training for the New York City Half Marathon. And it taught me how when you see a runner, you have no idea what they are doing. You have no idea how long they've been running. You have no idea how much further they're going to go. When I was pounding the pavement in Manhattan. I could never take any consolation in being as fast, let alone faster than anybody else. But I did know that I was immune to judgment because no one knows why that person is jogging so slowly. They had no idea that I was doing 10 miles or 11 miles or 12 miles. And so it, 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 it's liberating not to, not to worry about being judged and compared It then helps us have, a, have that much more compassion for those who are struggling. The particular love for the sick and the poor that Father Solon has had should give us another great example of how God comes into the world to give us not simply a moral lesson or an inspiring story, but to give us his life. and being in the company of the saints and honoring them all, both reminds us that we have a long way to go. But by God's grace and mercy, he will bring it to completion. Father Solanus left few writings But he did leave a journal. And it's very clear that growing in holiness isn't simply a matter of God working on us despite our lack of cooperation. We have to actively cooperate and make it a goal. So let me conclude by reading five short points that Father Solanus wrote for himself to remind himself of the means for acquiring a love of God. One, detachment of oneself from earthly affections, singleness of purpose. Two, meditation on the passion of Jesus Christ. Three, uniformity with the divine will. Four, mental prayer, meditation, and contemplation. Five, prayer. Ask, and it shall be given to you. He implored us, and as he implores all of his friends, to pray with gratitude, to pray thanking God already for the answer that he will give to our prayers.
And so before the month of November concludes, before our regard for the, for the faithful departed and our honoring of the saints yields to preparation for celebrating our Lord's birth, give thanks to God that he made you, and he made you in a way that's different from he made everyone else, and he gave you a task and will give you a vocation, and he is going to make you a saint if you let him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.